You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are celebrating Black History Month at Purdue, and it is my privilege to welcome into the podcast the director of the Black Cultural Center, Renee Thomas, and archivist Katie Watson. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good afternoon. It's great to see you. Great to uh, see you again, Renee, and have you back on the podcast. And nice to meet you, Katie. And uh, looking forward to just dis- discussing the importance of uh, Black History Month and what's going on up at, up at Purdue. And it's also good to see none of us are cats here in this live. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all people. For anybody who doesn't understand that reference, they'll just have to search Zoom cat on the internet, and they'll find that. Anyway, <laughs> in all seriousness. Uh, Let's just start uh, with this introduction. Start with introductions. Renee, kind of remind our listeners and viewers who haven't met you yet before uh, your title and role at uh, Purdue. Well, good afternoon to the listening audience. My name is Renee Thomas, and I have the pleasure of serving as director of the Purdue University Black Cultural Center on the West Lafayette campus. And Adam, I want to say thank you for this opportunity to share a little bit more about Black History Month. Yes, I'm glad to, to have you back on. It's such an important topic, and I'm glad to uh, glad to do it. And Katie, how about you? Uh, my name is Katie Watson. I'm the Francais Cordova Archivist at the um, Purdue Archives and Special Collections, and I specifically manage the Susan Bulkley Butler Women's Archives. Um, and yeah, thanks for the opportunity to talk about archives. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to hearing about some of the papers and uh, uh, some of the highlights from this month. Let's start with you, Renee. Kind of just talk about the overall just importance of, of Black History Month in general. Yes, Black History Month was actually founded by Carter G. Woodson, and uh, we are continuing to celebrate Black History Month throughout the month of February. It's a time for celebration, a time for us to pause and reflect, and a time to learn more about the contributions of African-Americans. I think, you know, sometimes whenever we think about Black History Month, we think, oh, that's for the African-American community, that's for them to learn more about whatever. things that I want to share with you at at the Black Cultural Center, as you all know that we are open to the entire campus community to participate and be engaged. And Black History Month is a month of celebration for all. Uh, Black history is American history, and sometimes we disconnect those two. However, those two are very much intertwined with one another. So as we celebrate African American or Black History Month, we wanted uh, the entire listening audience to find a place for through our programs and activities. Yes, for sure. Thank you for highlighting that. And I can't, you know, emphasize enough how evident and important it is, especially in light of events this year, how important it is that this isn't just for the Black community, it's for all of um, Americans and all over the globe to understand Black history and celebrating that and honoring it, recognizing it, all of the above. So, yes. And, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that because uh, because of some of the racial unrest that we experienced this year in our, in our country, not only this year, but it's been part of the fabric of the, of, of the American experience. But I think for many people, uh, it, it has become an eye-opening event um, and that the inequalities and the disparities that exist within the African-American experience have, have been really amplified uh, this particular year. And I know that there's lots of people who have questions to say, what can I do and how can I participate? And the Black Cultural Center is a wonderful vehicle for you to get involved. Yes, yeah, I agree 100%. And I've been grateful to be able to highlight some of those issues and have the uh, wonderful Dr. John Gates on the podcast a few times this summer talking about the Pursuing Racial Justice series and just getting 
again, just highlighting such an important topic and issue uh, in this country. So yes, thank you for pointing that out. Let's talk about some of the events that Purdue is uh, doing this month and even throughout the semester, just kind of celebrate black history. We have a, a phenomenal cascade of programs uh, that we're offering, not only Black History Month, but throughout the entire academic year. We uh, are committed to presenting culturally relevant programming, and we have a really robust student performing arts ensemble as well. But just to highlight a couple of upcoming events that are happening in February, uh, we have a wonderful partnership with the Art Museum of Lafayette, and we have one of our alumni, Boyd Smith, he has uh, an exhibit that's currently on display at the Art Museum, and it's called Rudiments of Supri. And it's his uh, interpretation of some of the racial turmoil and the Black Lives Matter movement that has happened. So it's very contemporary and very appropriate. And I would encourage you to visit that multimedia art exhibit. In addition, we're offering language classes in Kiswahili, which is a, a African language. Uh, you'll learn the basics and you'll learn a little bit about African culture through those classes. We have a phenomenal book club uh, that we are partnering with the West Lafayette Library. We, uh, the Black Cultural Center was the recipient of a, a grant uh, by the Indiana Humanities Council uh, in which they were looking for opportunities to advance racial equity. Uh, so we have purchased uh, a number of books and two of them were actually doing a, a book club uh, this, this uh, February. So the, the, the first book that we're doing, uh, we're almost coming to the close on that, but I'm really excited about our, our second book club and the title for that particular one is How Long Till Black Future Month. And it's a series of short stories that are science fiction uh, and fantasy stories. So it's a new genre for me personally. Uh, and I think that many of our students and community members enjoy science fiction and, and fantasy. So uh, this is gonna be a nice way to be able to digest some of that through short stories. We have an interactive African drumming uh, class that we'll be offering and all of our programs are gonna be offered virtually as well. Uh, but students can pick up a drum from the Black Cultural Center and actually drum in their, the comforts of their own home and participate in this percussion class. And then we'll round out um, Black History Month with a performance by the BCC Student Performing Arts Ensembles. They're, uh, working very hard to put together a virtual uh, performance of dance, writing, and creative uh, music. Awesome. Thank you for pointing those out, uh, Renee. And of course, I will, for our people who are watching this online or uh, visiting our website for this article, I'll put links to all those events as well so people can kind of get a full list or you know go back over those or register for any of the virtual events. And speaking of virtual, you mentioned that obviously COVID has been a, a big bummer and kind of Doing a lot of our, our, our fun plans this year, but the positive of it, as you mentioned with virtual events, is anybody from anywhere can join those. Um, so at least that does open it up to people from outside of Indiana or the Purdue community that I want to take part this time, correct? Yes, that's been one of the unanticipated benefits of COVID that our listening audience and our, our, our audience has just expanded tremendously uh, because people don't have to physically come to campus to take advantage of our programs. They can uh, enjoy them in the home and the comforts of their own living room. Um, and we have found that we have uh, individuals from all over the globe tuning in to BCC sponsored programs. So we're excited about how we've been able to engage a audience um, in attending our programs. For sure. Yeah, definitely. At least you mentioned one of the, the, the one benefits there, you get to expand the audience. 
And one of the other cool things that uh, is available too is um, the collections of papers. And Katie, I want to bring you in for this. Talk about uh, one of the cool highlights is the collection of papers of, of Helen uh, Bass Williams, uh, the first Purdue Black faculty member uh, on campus there. Kind of talk about uh, those papers. Sure. So uh, the Helen Bass Williams papers came in. Um, we received them in the summer of 2019. So I guess just over a year and a half ago. And so Helen Bass Williams, for those who uh, aren't familiar with her, she was an educator, a healthcare worker, uh, and a civil rights activist uh, in the South during the civil rights movement. And so she, um, you know, she participated in protests and sit-ins. She, um, you know, she worked at um, historically black colleges such as Benedict College and Tougaloo and um, was really integral in bringing students from those colleges to uh, the Highlander Folk School, which was a social justice leadership uh, training school um, in Mississippi. So she worked in Mississippi for a while. Um, she was uh, integral in establishing Head Start programs, which helped minority student or minority children um, get access to healthcare and better education as well. Uh, and she did that all before coming to Purdue. <laughs> uh, so she came to Purdue in 1968 as um, an ass assistant professor in French and a counselor for minority students. And so, as I mentioned in 2019, uh, we received her papers. Um, and this was actually, so we didn't, weren't even aware that these papers existed. So we were under the impression for many years, um, you know, she didn't have any children or living family. So we were under the impression that there weren't any of her personal papers existing anymore. Um, and early in 2019, I had come across a thesis written by, or a dissertation written by Dr. Mary O'Hara, who discusses Helen Bass Williams and her history and all of these accounts, you know, all of the ones that it, her accomplishments that I've mentioned and many more. Um, that was a very quick summary. <laughs> um, and in that dissertation, she mentions that she used original resource, like uh, original papers and conducted interviews with Helen Bass Williams. So I actually reached out to her um, to see if she still had these materials and it turned out she did and she was interested in donating them to the Purdue archives, which was amazing for us. So. Um, we were really excited to receive those. So um, the papers include, you know, everything from genealogical material about her and her family. So there's birth, birth certificates, death certificates for her parents. Um, there's correspondence, so letters between her and her students, letters between her and colleagues. Uh, she has some, she has an invitation from the White House from President Lyndon B. Johnson. She has a letter she wrote to President Jimmy Carter. Um, and then she also has materials from activist work that she did in the South. So she wrote uh, grant pr proposals to um, try to encourage desegregation of school, to establish programs at the colleges and universities that she worked at. Um, she was, as I mentioned, there's records documenting her work with Head Start. Um, so grant proposals, um, letters. She was um, an, a consultant with the Office of Equal Opportunity to try to get um, different uh, organizations in Mississippi working together towards racial integration. Uh, there's, and then that's just before coming to Purdue. <laughs> 
So we also, her papers are also really rich in her, uh, that's documenting her time here at Purdue University as well. So um, there's letters that she wrote to administrators um, advocating for the needs of black students. There's reports um, documenting the struggles of black students who came to Purdue. Uh, she worked to, part of her position at Purdue was to recruit black students uh, from across Indiana to Purdue University. Um, and so there's records um, you know, documenting the counseling work that she did on their behalf and advocating for them. Um, she also collected uh, newspaper articles about the black student protests in 1968. Uh, and she has photographs in that co those collections as well. Uh, and I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but <laughs> there's also, uh, you know, she has photographs, uh, like personal photographs, photographs from her time kind of throughout her life. Uh, and then one of the most significant um, parts of that, of that collection um, are the interviews that Mary O'Hara did with Helen Fast Williams. And those talk about, uh, so they're oral history interviews. They are on uh, cassette tape right now. We're working to get them digitized so that they'd be, they would be accessible um, because right now we can't play them. But those interviews talk about you know, her early life and childhood and growing up. But also she discusses um, some of her experiences throughout the civil rights movement. And so we have, we're getting those digitized, but we do also have transcripts that Mary O'Hara um, wrote out on those as well. Wow. That sounds, she sounds like a fascinating woman. This sounds like a, a, a just a very interesting, fascinating collection as well. For students or anybody in the Purdue community, or I don't know if it's available virtually as well, how can people access this, uh, this archive? Yeah, so right now um, I'm just like finishing, making the finishing touches on the collection. So um, as an archivist, so we work to acquire collections and then also to arrange and describe them so that researchers can easily access them. So um, the collection is almost fully described and will be available through the Purdue Archives Collections Database. Um, but if anyone is interested and anyone can access this, um, Typically in person, however, due to COVID, <laughs> um, we are um, in normal times, we would be open to the public. So to anyone who's interested in doing research um, with our collections right now during COVID, um, we do have an appointment system for people who need to come in and conduct research, but anyone can send us an email, um, archives.purdue.edu and ask a question and we, um, archivists on site will help facilitate that research, whether it's through answering the question, providing um, scans, or if we do find that there is a need for someone to come on site to fully conduct their research, then we can schedule an appointment for them as well. Awesome, Katie, thank you so much for, for highlighting that. that is really cool. And I'll, I'll make sure there's uh, links on the website for people to be able to find that information uh, so they can check that out. Also, I just wanna, another person I wanna highlight was, uh, uh, Harry Clark, Renee, if you can talk about him, uh, African-American athletic trainer from uh, in the early 1900s, if you want to talk about Yes, that. you know, Harry Clark is an example of why we need to celebrate Black History Month. He contributed so much to Purdue University and intercollegiate athletics, and I think for most people, they probably don't even recognize the name Harry Clark. But what people do recognize and remember, I think, is that on Halloween night, um, October 31st in 19. Oh my goodness, 1903, there was a, a tragic 
uh, train wreck in which 14 Purdue football players were killed, a coach and athletic trainer and injured 40 people. Um, Harry Clark was the athletic trainer during that time. And for whatever reason, he missed that train. And as a result, he was not involved in that train crash. But he was an African-American that served as an athletic trainer from 1900 to 1915 here at Purdue University. He was known as a track athlete uh, and then came into the profession of athletic training, which was a new profession at that time. And it was really interesting to learn a little bit more about him and, and his life and that he grew up here in the Lafayette community and then became affiliated with Purdue Athletics. During his time, he made some tremendous contributions. He developed face masks for uh, basketball players. He developed the system to alleviate chally horses that were common injury uh, within Purdue Athletics. And uh, they even had some records of his pay and that he was paid $97.50 for the year. That was his annual pay um, back in 1913. But then his wages increased to $645 in 1913. So it's really incredible to hear and learn about uh, his contributions to the Purdue Athletic Program, particularly in the early 90s when um, racial discrimination and prejudice was uh, very alive and well. And he overcame that and contributed significantly to uh, the Purdue Intercollegiate Athletic Program. And I, I just wanted to highlight him as an example of why it's important to celebrate Black History Month so we can dig and learn more about these contributions. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for uh, pointing out that's, a, that's an incredible history as well, too. Awesome. Well, uh, Katie and, and Renee, it's been awesome talking to you guys and learning some more about uh, Black history as well for, uh, for me and for our listeners. Anything else you want to add uh, about uh, Black History Month and what Purdue's doing before we wrap up? One of the things that I like to share is that in addition to the Black History, Black History Month programs that the Purdue Black Cultural Center is sponsoring, there are other departments throughout the university that are celebrating Black history. And there's a, a wonderful uh, website uh, that is up uh, by marketing and media highlighting uh, current Black faculty and staff members who've made contributions to the university. Um, the Alumni Association has a, a wonderful page up in honor of Black History Month. Purdue Athletics is doing some things. So there's lots going on even outside of the Black Cultural Center. So I wanna encourage people to engage in any way and, and make a commitment to attend at least one, maybe two uh, programs in, in honor of Black History Month so that you too can learn more information. Awesome, well said, Renee. Again, it was a pleasure to talk to you again. I love uh, having these conversations with you and I'm just highlighting all the great work that you guys are are doing up there at the BCC. Anything else we want to add before we wrap up? I would just add that, you know, the Helen Bass Williams papers are great and a really rich resource, but they're not the only ones that we have in the Purdue archives. We have, you know, we have the Cassandra Aggie Chandler papers and she was uh, the first black homecoming queen here at Purdue in 1978, I believe. We have the Cornell Bell papers. Um, we have papers from Emily Mobley, who is the first um, African-American dean here at Purdue. So there are a lot, lot of other uh, collections that we have that document um, Black history um, in the Purdue archives as well. And again, all of those are, you know, accessible <laughs> in person in normal times. And, you know, we can um, work out ways to provide access virtually, um, but also, you know, we are 
always accepting new collections. So if you know Black alumni or Black faculty or staff who are interested in donating their papers to the Purdue Archives, um, just reach out and contact us. And you know, that's how we that's how we get these papers. <laughs> for sure. Awesome, Katie. Thank you for adding that in. And again, I'll push uh, to that as well on the website so people can see that or how to get in touch with you as well if they have any questions about access. So, well, ladies, it was so great talking to you and uh, just a way to, again, honor and celebrate uh, Black History Month, uh, not only at Purdue, but globally as well. So thank you again for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you guys. All right, boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.